Welcome to another animation one-to-one from squiggly.com. I'm Steve Henderson and welcome to the podcast series that does what we do best on Squiggly, interviewing fantastic people from the world of animation. Today's one-to-one is with Maria Mohaja, BAFTA award-winning director of Grandad Was a Romantic, which has finally been released online. Based in the UK, Mariam fills her work with the flavour of her Iranian birthplace for visual and musical collaboration, creating work that can make you laugh and in the case of her previous work, Red Dress, No Straps, creates devastating drama that leaves the audience profoundly affected. After a hugely successful festival and awards run, the film is finally available online. We caught up with Mariam to find out more about the making of her film. Mariam Mohaja, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. It's really exciting that your film Grandad Was a Romantic is being released. Thank you for, for having me. Thank you. I'm very excited. Very excited. Great. And it's been a long time coming for the film to be released. Uh, it's a tender and intimate film uh, that I, I suspect tells a personal story. And, but can you tell us how much of your filmmaking process stems from reality? It is. It's a lot based on... Uh, personal memories um, but uh, what I always say is yes my granddad is in there but so are two or three other characters but when I base my characters on real people I, I tend to do that I mix them up with either other people that I know or I know of or even some yeah. mythical characters just just to make them more interesting just to, everything is to make the story work basically so um, I think so far, if I were to stick with just one character and create them as they were in real life, it could get a bit boring. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and also, in general, um, the main thing that's brought the idea to my mind was how we think about, um, you know, old generation love stories, we idealize them and it's always so beautiful and they love each other so much. But then, depending on who or what, what side of the family you hear the same story from, the story, the story and the characters could change quite dramatically. And I find that hilarious, you know, it's the same people, but depending who tells you the story, it, it could be completely different. So I thought there is there is a lot of potential though for a nice comedy. That, that window to the past, the rose-tinted glasses, I suppose that's something that the film really, uh, really applies. Uh, so your granddad, uh, uh, or, or granddad in the film, I should say, uh, he is portrayed as this kind of almost superhuman character he, he, with his big twirly moustache and, uh, you know, a, a man's man, I suspect. Mm. Uh, is, that, is that the fiction? Uh, yeah, none, none of my granddads were, were sporty even, but it is a, it's almost like a, I don't know, like a kind of a hero, uh, characteristics of a hero in, in the olden times in, in Iran, you know, with the moustache and the sport, the sport still exists. It's a very, very, tr it's, it's probably the first kind of, um, bodybuilding exercise in the world. Um, and I, I did a lot of research in, into that, actually, um, j just to get the movements right. Um, it's, it's a very macho, very traditional 
very much strength-based sport. But then when you look at the movements, they're actually quite elegant. There is, there is even, yeah, it's, it's like dancing and there is music all the way through as well. So it is, it's more cult, you know, um, based on like a cultural, um, ideal character, I would say, that look. Fantastic. Um, and that, that that leads nicely onto the question I was going to, going to ask because I I wasn't aware of the sport. I just saw the, the the animation and the framing of the character and everything. But there is obviously a um, a uh, Iranian a Persian flavor to the film. I would say uh, the traditional paintings or the traditional um, uh, artwork that that frames the picture as uh, the, the the film as well. Uh, are there things in the film that a uh, Western audience might not necessarily have picked up yet? Mm, there might be. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, using text, Persian text. Um, it's very different from Latin. And I used it as to, to make patterns in, in this film for the first time. For example, the bride, the bride dress, um, the lacing at the back, it's all, uh, it's made of um, the word arus, which means bride in Persian. And, and I just, you know, put them next to each other and then this beautiful pattern came up. Uh, that's something I would definitely want to continue as well. I want to work more on that using text as, as a form of pattern. Well, tell us about your process. Uh, obviously, uh, we can see you've, you've got paintings in the background there and paintings are very much a part of your background. Um, there's a hand-painted look to the film, isn't there? Um, painting, it, my, my background is in painting and um, I do use it a lot in my films. Um, specifically texture, I'm obsessed with texture, I love texture. Um, and yes, the film is a mix. There is hand-drawn and hand-painted, you know, um, some just, just textures. And then uh, I use TV paint to put everything together. Um, and there are layers, so many layers on top of each other just to give that, I don't know, imperfect, um, real life-like feeling to it. There's, there's clearly a, a, a personal connection to the film, uh, as, as we've, we've said. Uh, your, uh, your grandmother is, is, is clearly some, somebody that's uh, deeply rooted in the film and in its, its, uh, its origins. Um, does having a personal connection to a film for you as a filmmaker make it easier or more difficult to complete the film and to share it with the world? I would say more difficult. I mean, it, it, may, it might help you in in sense of research because you have that character and, you know, at least you know what kind of, I don't know, um, wallpaper they would use. So you don't need to look into, you know, archives for that. But um, when you base it on, on, on real people, um, you are, if if you care deeply about this person, it's very tricky because you most likely have to, um, you can't idealize them. Basically, you need you might even have to lie and you know take them down from that pedestal that you've already you've always had for them. Again, for the story to work, so you know. Um, and, and the other way around, like if, if you're very angry at this person or you don't care for them or you've got, I don't know, some some unsolved issues with that character, 
then that could easily take over your story as well and ruin it. So keeping your distance and being ready to just destroy that character is, is quite a challenge. And the, the last thing, if this person, like in, in this case, my grandmother, if they're not, they're no longer alive, it's almost like you go back and say goodbye again. You know, looking at their pictures, you know, their belongings, trying to remember, you know, the movements, how she would walk, how she would. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite an emotional process. Uh, and I would say more challenges than um, shortcuts. Your daughter's the voice in the film. She's the narrator, I believe. Is that that kind of intergenerational link, something that you found? Uh... Um, yeah, it, it, it just happened. It, it started with my last film, Retro Snow Straps. So I was looking for, for a child to, to do the narration for my film. Um, and I just thought, let's, let's do a test. Let's see how it goes. So, so it wasn't like, you know, she was here, it was easy. No, I, I did a test and I thought her voice really suited, fit in with the story very well. So I used her for, for this one as well. Um, but like for, for the next one, I have been planning to use her voice, but it, it might not work because she's now grown, she's, she's quite older. And I'm not sure if her voice is going to work the same. So yeah, it, it was like, um, you know, there, there was an audition and, you know, how you would find your voice artist. Fantastic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting nepotism for a second there. Don't worry. About <laughs> it. I think it's I think it's quite a beautiful thing to have, to make this kind of family film. I think it, it worked perfectly. You mentioned uh, Red Dress, No Straps, and obviously there's a punchline in Grandad was a romantic that hits the audience in the funny bone. Uh, around the same time as your previous film, Red Dress, No Straps, gives people a bit of a gut punch in terms of uh, uh, emotional uh, uh, reveal. Can you tell me about the writing structure in your films? Uh, did, did Red Dress, No Straps influence Grandad Was a Romantic in the, the mm. terms of its structure? They're very different. The, the, the writing process was very different between the two, but in a, in a, in just first to say it simply, I remember watching Red Dress, No Straps with the audience in cinemas, the good old days when we were we go to cinemas and festivals. Um, and when the film finished, there were people coming to me and saying, we really loved your film, but they were in such a state that I didn't know whether I should thank them or apologize. Like they, they weren't, they were not feeling well. And, and it, it was one of the things in my mind that my next film is not going to do that to, to the audience. Um, but at the same time, Red Dress No Straps took a good year for me to write. And even after that, it took, it, I was well into storyboarding stage when I decided about the ending. The ending was something completely different. It just came through the film. It had to, it had to be that. It was like, I don't know, it's probably the effect of, you know, being brought up during a war in Iran. I think that it, it's just there. You think you're okay and, you know, you've, you've moved on, but it's, it, it just, kind of, it makes its own way into your story sometimes. Um, Grandad was a romantic was completely different. I started writing and I finished, you know, it was there. The ending was there. I just needed to find the best last three words. I'm not going to give it away, but that took me a while to find like the best one. 
um but it was very you know straightforward quickly done it's it's quite short it's a lot shorter than red dress and straps as well so obviously any any, uh, any responsible parent doesn't like their children swearing but um obviously it's part of the job for her uh, <laughs> for your daughter on this film how was that yeah it, it took a while to work out i can't i can't ask my daughter to to swear i you know they're not they're quite you know quite rude words uh so what i did i i i researched very hard to find words that would rhyme with those swear words and i got her to say those words and you know the, which were not rude at all they were very appropriate words and then i i, I tested like if, if i beeped in the middle it would sound like that swear word so yeah that was that was probably one of the biggest achievements of of this process <laughs> fantastic that's that's brilliant uh i i uh, i admire anyone who can uh, who can maintain that authoritative parental attitude <laughs> of not being able to swear but at the same time make it sound like their, their yeah. new daughter has swore <laughs> yeah i could give tips to people about it if they wanted to work with their with their children fantastic i need to ask you about the the obviously the humor of granddad was a romantic um you yourself a, a, a British Iranian. Um, is the humour British? Is it Iranian? I think it's both. I mean, I've been living in the UK for tw over twenty years now, so I am I am definitely a British Iranian, Iranian British. Um, there is a darkness in in British humour that I really love, mixed with the subtle. It, it works for me so well. Maybe I have a dark side. I don't know, but I really like the dark humour. Uh, but at the same time, culturally, um, I would say Iranians do laugh about like the worst tragedies of their lives. I think it's it's been our survival kit. Even now, there's if you look at the the Iranian Twitter, you'll see you know horrible horrible things happen. But there there will be you know something funny about it something said about it that's quite funny so i think it's a mix of both it's a, a, a kind of a reflection there perhaps um hmm. in, in yeah in yeah even during war i remember like it was a thing and and again culturally like i haven't seen that here like in a big group of people like a social group gathering there are times that one person will stand up and say like a funny story and everyone would laugh. It's a thing. It's a known, I don't know, activity in, in parties. So it, it's a big part of our culture, I think. Uh, so this film was uh, a self-funded indie film. Uh, I mean, I'm going to ask a ridiculous question. That was that must have been difficult. Ha. Huh. <laughs> um, yes, it was. Uh, what helped, I think, was that I limit, I gave myself a deadline and it was four months of not a very civilized life. Uh, I would take my daughter to school and um, pick her up. That was my main interaction with outside world. The rest of it, I was here just animating. So four months, no uh, weekends, no holidays. I did take Christmas Day off. Uh, but that was about it. Uh, the rest of it I was here. Um, four months. Wow. 
uh, very, very disciplined. That's good. Um, you have to. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you won the BAFTA for the film. Congratulations. Uh, what does that mean for a short filmmaker, an independent filmmaker like yourself? Does winning a BAFTA help open other doors to make your next film? Um, first of all, BAFTA was probably the biggest unexpected surprise of my whole life. I had no idea when I received the email that I was, you know, shortlisted, longlisted. Um, in the sense of like, if you're asking if I'm, if I've got any funding for my next film, no, nothing, nothing yet. I ha I am going to apply. I will, I will keep you updated, but I think it does you at least people now know you as an animator director filmmaker um and the i've been invited to do a lot of talks and you know um webinars and and i, I do enjoy that i find that very interesting but um no funding as such saying i mean i haven't really applied yet so i, I wouldn't but no one has approached me to to make them a film if if that's the case a big award like BAFTA doesn't mean that you, you you have to swim through money to get to your front door it doesn't work like that I'm sure uh, people would be uh, <laughs> get rid it's of that great room. though I mean it's, it's fantastic it's one of the best experiences one could could have but um, no it, it doesn't bring you I mean it hasn't brought me money but I, 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 I wouldn't change it I wouldn't change anything uh, and and I must I must say obviously in in your in your speech you uh, you dedicated it to the people of Iran. Um, we've said you know your films uh, they do take on political messages. That's clearly an important thing for a filmmaker to be doing. Is that something that you'd agree with? Um, definitely. But what I am very careful of is that I don't like when I start a film, I never tell myself, okay, I'm going to make it, it's time to make a film about this issue. So I'm going to make it. I'm a bit selfish in that sense. I, I, I write about what's like in my heart at the time, what I'm connected with. And I believe as long as I'm honest and you know, it, it is really coming from, from the heart, then all those, you know, everything that's, hurts you know everything i need to say will come across um yeah i, I hope that makes sense no it makes perfect sense uh, well granddad was a romantic is uh, should be released online very soon we're all looking forward to to having a laugh we all know we need one uh, in these times uh, yeah. mariam uh, mohaja thank you very much for talking to squiggly today uh, for sharing your process and uh, for telling us a little bit about the behind the scenes nature of your film, Grandad Was Romantic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the, for the opportunity. Grandad Was a Romantic is available now on Vimeo, but you can find out more about the film on the Grandad Was a Romantic Facebook page. And if you'd like to find out more about Mariam and her work, you can follow her on Twitter. Your support for the site means a lot. So if you can like and share this squiggly one-to-one -one video, or leave a nice review for our podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. We really appreciate that. You can follow Squiggly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more animation videos. And for the latest news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, and everything else from the world of animation, head over to squiggly.com.